hey fam welcome to another being human is weird quick bite episode today it's carrie and i and this week we're bringing you all of the facts that we could find about caffeine we'll talk about coffee energy drinks what it is what it isn't etc etc <laughs> So caffeine is the most widely consumed psychoactive drug in the world. It's in coffee, it's in chocolate, energy drinks, soda, tea, and we know that it stimulates your brain and your nervous system, and it may reduce some fatigue and drowsiness. 93% of Americans consume caffeine, and of those, 75% consume caffeine at least once a day. That's actually lower than I thought it would be, even though those numbers are high. I know it. I know. Well, I thought the 93%, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But assumed that that 93% also was uh -huh. using it daily. Okay, <sighs> Abby, walk us through how caffeine works. So caffeine blocks the effects of a neurotransmitter in our brains, adenosine, and this neurotransmitter is the one that promotes or makes us realize that we need to sleep. So essentially we're blocking our sleepy time receptors, not making ourselves actually more awake and alert. So it basically forces our sleep signals to become paralyzed. Something too to note is that caffeine tolerance varies from person to person. So some people don't need as much as others to feel that alertness or to feel awake, while some people may start drinking it at six o'clock in the morning and they don't stop until they're going to bed and it doesn't even hardly affect them. It can be because of things like ADHD or uh, and mostly genetics. So mm -hmm. for example, my dad is someone who could drink five pots of coffee and sleep like a baby. I could slam an espresso right before bed and not have any issue as well, where somebody, well, actually, Carrie, yeah, you're yep. the opposite. I don't feel overly sensitive to the point that I get fidgety, but I definitely notice that it affects my sleep if I have it in the afternoon at all. While we're talking about tolerance, Abby, do you know how much caffeine is in a normal beverage? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, good question. So normally a cup of coffee, like if you brew a cup of coffee at home, eight to 10 ounces, you'd have between 95 and 100 milligrams. Decaf coffee, which is something that I switched to, I actually prefer the taste of it. Um, and I just did it for hormonal health. But decaf still has a small amount of caffeine in it between two and 12 milligrams. And then things like espresso, would be 65 to 75 milligrams, but that's per one ounce. Mm -hmm. So that's why I hear people getting absolutely zooted off some sort of espresso drink at Starbucks. It's because in an eighth of the amount, you're getting almost the same amount of caffeine. Right. So they do like two or three shots. And then something like a green tea, which is still caffeinated, has about a third of the amount as a cup of coffee. So you're right around 30 milligrams. And most people are fine or studies show that an intake of up to 400 milligrams per day 
is considered safe for most individuals who don't have any underlying health conditions or a sensitivity to it. So with all of that in mind and knowing that 400 milligrams might not be harmful for most people, (laughs) (laughs) what are some benefits of drinking caffeine or caffeinated beverages? Yes, I'm very excited to talk about the benefits because I don't want to give up my coffee. So let's dig in. So we're talking mostly just about the benefits of caffeine. But to start off, coffee can protect your liver from cirrhosis, which is cool. Caffeine in general, though, uh, reduces the risk for Parkinson's disease. It can make you feel more alert, like we were already talking about. It does decrease your risk of type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease, and it decreases the risk of developing dementia or Alzheimer's, which is Mm. another big thumbs up. A little bit more anecdotally, but has been studied, caffeine can also promote short-term mood and well-being improvement. It can help with weight management. It's not always something that we as health coaches love, but it can be used for intermittent fasting or as a brief appetite suppressant. It really does rev your engine for things like exercise or before an important event, a presentation or a meeting. And there are performance benefits of caffeine. So there's short-term cognitive function, like we said, concentration and better reaction time, endurance performance, high intensity performance, it makes exercise feel easier than it actually is. And it makes you more resistant to fatigue. So you can do more reps or more sprints before you start to wear out. I want to put out there that not all caffeinated drinks are created equally, right? A black cup of coffee or green tea offer a lot of antioxidants and the slew of other potential benefits that we talked about. But if you're getting a syrupy frappuccino, adult milkshake or (laughs) sodas or energy drinks, that's a different story than what we're talking about in terms of these benefits here today. No judgment on you. Just want to make that clear that it is not equal to the same that a black cup of coffee or green tea offers. Mm -hmm. If you are somebody who loves caffeine, but you also want to have a healthier relationship with it. Abby, can you talk to us a little bit about how we can start to develop that as somebody on their own healthy relationship with caffeine journey yourself? Yes. Yeah. So first and most importantly is realizing that caffeine is not, nor will it ever be a healthy substitute for rest or eating a healthy diet. That is something that a lot of us, I think, think differently about. You know, you just slam a cup of coffee and all of a sudden you're awake. No, you're not. You're numbing things in your brain to make you pretend (laughs) you feel (laughs) awake. So again, rest and eating a healthy diet are number one and two. And any amount beyond 400 milligrams of caffeine per day may actually upset your stomach, make you feel a little bit crabby. You might get some jitters. And like we talked about earlier, it can negatively impact your sleep patterns. Um, May not affect you right away, but over time it could. And you may notice too that one cup of coffee doesn't do it for you anymore. It is something that you can build a tolerance to. And something else to consider is that caffeine is a diuretic. So if we're consuming things like this in large doses, it can make us pee a lot, which 
in turn makes us dehydrated and we know that dehydration is negative so for every so many ounces of caffeinated beverage you're drinking make sure that you're replenishing that with water Mm -hmm. to to maintain hydration carrie if people want to cut back on their caffeine consumption should they just quit cold turkey or what's the best way to do that yeah this is one where it's not recommended that you go cold turkey. That is typically when you are going to experience the anxiety and the headaches and just the withdrawal symptoms in general. So slowly, incrementally cutting back is really the best way to go about it. Should you want to eliminate it altogether or just cut back, um, make swaps when you need to. We kind of went over what has lower or higher amounts of caffeine. So if you're having coffee in the afternoon, maybe you swap that for a green tea for a while, then maybe you swap it for herbal or just water later. But reduce weekly until you get to your desired amount. So maybe you're only cutting out one cup of coffee a few times a week and make sure that you're not experiencing any symptoms for at least 10 days before you reduce again. Um, But typically people who are going cold turkey are the ones who just end up feeling awful and quitting altogether and going back to their regular caffeine habit. So listen to your body, make it work for you. In summary, we've learned that caffeine is fine for most people. You want to stick at or below 400 milligrams per day just to be safe. A cup of coffee has about 100 in it. Like Carrie said, not every caffeinated beverage is created equally. So black coffee is going to be very, very different for our bodies than like a monster or Red Bull because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're filled with so many other things. And a lot of times have a heavy hit or dose of caffeine in a serving size. And you're drinking two to three serving sizes in 20 minutes, whatever it is, your tolerance for caffeine is probably going to be different from somebody else's or everyone else's. It's an interesting thing. People use it to enhance performance. If you are using it as a performance enhancement and you're noticing that your tolerance is building, it may be a good idea to skip a day or two a week. But there are a lot of benefits to drinking caffeine. Again, this would probably come more in the form of a plain tea or coffee drink. And there are some cons that come with it as well. Uh, Chances are, if you're listening to this all the way to the end, you've experienced both (laughs) some of the pros and cons of them but overall carrie would you agree that consuming caffeine in quote healthy or safe amounts is beneficial or is not harmful to do definitely yeah you need to weigh the pros and cons for yourself your your own person but for me i am not giving up my coffee anytime soon yeah and i'm so happy to hear that we don't have to All right. Cheers to being awake, everybody. We love you and we will talk to you soon. And next week, it'll be just me with a Real Talk series episode. So we'll catch you then. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share all of those things that the kids are doing. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos. 